Greetings and welcome to Surf's Up, the Beach Boys podcast safari. My name is Mark Dillon, author of 50 Sides of the Beach Boys, and I'm here today with my co-host, Phil Migliorati. Hello, Phil. Hello, Mark. Good to hear you. We haven't talked for a while and excited to talk to Christian here in just a minute. So uh, looking forward to it. That's right. We're thrilled to have a very special guest today. Christian Love has been in the Beach Boys touring band since 2005, playing rhythm guitar and singing harmonies and lead vocals on some of the group's biggest numbers. Outside of the Beach Boys, he's fronted several bands. And as a solo artist, he's just dropped his first album, Only Alibis. He's also co-written for The Weeknd, and he's the son of Mike Love. Welcome, Christian. Good to see you guys. Uh, congratulations on your new album, which I'm digging. Oh, thank you. Any particular uh, cuts that you like? Or... Uh, there, there's a bunch. Could you first please tell me what a microwave dress is? Microwave well, I know what it is. I know what it is. <laughs> he knows. It I don't mean, know. It means a hot looking dress, right? Yes, correct. And the reason I know that is Tom Martin gave me a th- heads up on that. So that's the only reason oh. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was just a clever way of saying, yeah, a hot girl walking around in a, in a short dress. She's looking so hot in a microwave dress, oh yes. Yeah, she's looking so hot, so hot in a little black dress. Well, it's easy if you want to make it, not to underestimate it. She may be shaking, but if you have confidence, you take it. It's easy to the left, take it, turn us for the best. This, this sounds very much in, in the Beach Boys bailiwick, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, it's got some, some summer on it, which is a obvious reference to the Ode to the Beach Boys, I guess. Well, and, and when I heard that, I was thinking, wow, you know, this would be a great one for the group to do live. And I did a little research and sure enough, you have done it with the Beach Boys. We have, and I'm trying trying to convince my dad, and I have convinced my dad of putting it in the set. So he wants to put it in the first first half, first set. So my will is good. We'll see. Tell tell him we agree with you. But okay, I good. Totally agree. I, I, yeah, and I I would think that it uh, it you know the whole Beach Boys. It certainly Mike talks a lot about the d- generations that are represented there, and uh, you're representing a younger generation, Christian. And oh, thanks. You represent well with that song, and I'm enjoying the whole album. But certainly that has a Beach Boy flavor to it. In the sum, sum, summer. Yeah, and uh, there's also some pretty good guest appearances on that song. I don't know if you guys caught that. or Yeah, yeah. but please, please tell the people out there. Yeah, we had uh, Elliot Easton come and lay some, lay some guitar for that one, which was really nice. One of my heroes from the Elliot 80s. Easton of the Cars. Yes, of the Cars. And then Phil, Phil Jones also, who played uh, drums on some Tom Petty albums. And, and, and how did you get those guys? I mean, did, did you know them already? I mean, I know Elliot's just a huge Beach Boys fan. I'm sure he'd be happy to uh, contribute in any way. Yeah, actually, uh, Jeff Peters. Are you guys familiar with Jeff Peters? Um, Jeff Peters used to do sound for the Beach Boys maybe 20 years ago or something. Um, and he's just become a good friend of mine and a great producer. And he, he produced the album. But he, he had a mutual contact and was able to bring those guys in. I think he knows Phil pretty well. He didn't know Elliot as much, but um, Elliot was a super nice guy, just really genuine, nice guy, easy to talk to. Yeah, God, he he's like, he even played on Brian Wilson's first solo album. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you've got a bunch of other people from the Beach Boys world on this album. You've got uh, keyboardist Tim Bonamy, a good Canadian boy like like myself. Uh, Keith Hubacker on bass, Randall Kirsch on guitar, Matt Jardine singing on a couple of tracks. That is correct. Yeah, Randell actually did some singing as well. And uh, my friend Gilbert Bonilla, 
who plays for a has played in the last few years for a hard day's night. He he played the the Lennon role in that band. So so yeah, he got to do some playing on my record, which was nice too. Really nice guy. So you've got you've got great people with you, but you are uh, like a a one man band to some extent. You play a lot of different instruments uh, and, and you wrote all the songs on this album. Yeah. And I wish I could say I could play all those instruments, but I can program them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I started out playing bass when I was like 20 years old. And my first two songs were written on piano. Um, and I, I formed a band called Alex's Kane when I was about 20, 21 years old, something like that. A three piece band. So you didn't right away play in the Beach Boys touring band. Uh, that happened later, two thousand five. So what uh, what prompted that? How did that How did that start? Well, my I think my dad for a while there was trying to get me to play bass in the Beach Boys, but then uh, the more and more I thought about it, it's really difficult to play the bass and sing. So once I learned how to play guitar, which was later on. Um, it just seemed like a no-brainer. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, did, did Bruce Johnston ever tell you stories? Because he he had he was thrown in there and had to play bass, and he didn't know how to play bass. I think he had to lock himself in a room and teach himself pretty fast. Yeah, just winging it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked pretty out good. for him. He's still there. Pretty good job. Yeah, pretty good job. Um, we were talking about this before we started. I mean, you you're, we're lucky to have grabbed you on, on some downtime, but you're about to embark on – some heavy duty touring uh, We're September right now. I think you're touring through November, at least, uh, you know, shows almost every day, sometimes two shows a day. So, I mean, it's been going on like this for quite a while. So where did you find time to do this album? Well, I think I started this album before the pandemic and then sort of worked through the pandemic a little bit as much as we could. And then, um, well, actually, when we came back, there was a lot of gigs. So this band sort of hits the ground running in June and then starts to slow down in November, usually. And then we get, you know, sometimes we'll have a Christmas tour or, you know, stuff like that. But usually January, you can depend on being off. Um, February is not that heavy. March, it starts to pick up. And then April, we usually have some time off. So there's there's windows of opportunity that, that we used and we we're able to uh, make some progress. And I guess when you know how limited that window is, it forces you to be productive. Yeah, it really it makes you uh, want to make the best of, of each minute for sure. And get Christian, let me jump in and just ask you, and you know, not to go through each song or anything like that, but when you approached each song, did you have a core band in mind? I, I, I know there's some lists here of who played what. Uh, was there kind of a core, is there a core band you're working with? Or how, how did you do, do that for the different songs of the album? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, all, all the songs on the album were actually um, formed at home. And I recorded them on Logic. And then I would bring them into the band and I would say, you know, let's learn these songs. And then people would come in and replace the instruments that I had with real instruments for the most part. Some, some stuff stayed, but, but yeah, I did a lot of the guitar stuff at home and vocals and vocals. Mostly we ended up recutting in the, in the better studio. So it's kind of how it worked. I did. Yeah. I just do all my arranging at home and then I try to better the sound by going into the studio. And then what about that next step to taking what you, you know, you've written a song, you in your mind, you've uh, also, I won't use the word produced it, but, you know, maybe arranged it uh, instrumentally, vocally, then you've recorded it. But then a next step would be doing any of these things live. Um, do you think yeah. that it would be difficult to replicate this? I mean, I love the sound of the album and you're, it's very distinct, um, but I, I don't know. How, I don't know the difficulty factor. You know, for doing yeah. something live, it's it's not always easy because there is there is a lot of tracks um, on the album, so it's not easy always easy to replicate it with a four or five piece. Right, um, but we we kind of 
we kind of do our best and pick what we think are the strongest parts to play and and uh try to get our harmonies nice and tight so if it's uh if it winds up being just a two-part harmony as long sure. as it's solid and presentable i think that's that's the main thing if you know if it's a good song it'll survive out there are you going to get a chance to do these uh songs live i mean we talked about some some summer maybe being on uh you know on a beach boy set but uh uh, are you going to be able to tour it? I mean, opening for the Beach Boys would be cool. I think that would be great. And uh, I have found resistance in that category for some odd reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, but I would love, yeah, love to get a couple of opening slots for, for the right venues. And well, I'm not sure who you're referring to when you say resistance, but uh, why not? You want to get your dad on the phone and we'll talk with him a, a little bit? Um, will be your uh, unofficial fan club here. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, I mean, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not um, it. Just kidding. Um, I, I, I feel there's like a really catchy, laid-back groove to a lot of these songs. I mean, who, who would you say are some of your musical influences? Because it's not, you know, aside from Some Some Summer, it's, this is not like a Beach Boys album. So who, who are some of your musical influences for the stuff that you write? Oh, now this is a good question and a lot to cover here. Because started out in the '80s with the Police, U2, In Excess, The Fix, The Cars, uh, Men at Work, all these all these great bands from the '80s that I loved. And then you know go to the '90s and Sugar Ray, Tonic, Better Than Ezra, STP, Green Day, um, Third Eye Blind, Gin Blossoms. These are all influences that I love and pull from even more modern influences like the strokes or which is not modern anymore. It's like 20 years right. old. Um, Cage the elephant, young, the giant stuff like that. Um, yeah. I just pull from, from stuff that I like and I hope that I could put my own stamp on it. Hope that it sounds like its own sound. Well, yeah. I mean, you just mentioned a whole, a whole different bunch of influences. So obviously that that's pretty eclectic and uh, you, you sort of blended into something unique. Yeah, I like to steal from each era, you know, like seems seems appropriate considering I went through each era. So I didn't but go through the it's, so. it's obvious you're not trying to imitate anybody no, yeah. or any particular sound. It's just a, a, I think it's just how you sound and and how you put the sound of the music and the instruments together. It's uh, very, very, I've enjoyed listening and I'm going to continue to listen. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I sort of heard, I could be off base with this. I, I heard a little bit of Beck maybe. And uh, yeah, I enjoy Beck as well. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly uh, when you mentioned U2, uh, I, I thought about the guitar intro of Talk About the Things. That that had a bit of a U2 vibe going. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite guitar players, The Edge, of course. And then... Um, Oh, Coldplay, I was going to say, is another, like, as far as that song is concerned, slightly influenced by Coldplay. Um, the song, another standout song on this uh, album is, uh, and by the way, the album is called Only Alibis. Um, the song, We Don't Even Know What We're Fighting For. That's an interesting lyric. I mean, it could be interpreted as a relationship song, but it sounded political to me. I mean, you have the line like, my city's on fire. So can you tell me a bit about what's what's behind that one? It, it was slightly, my probably only political song, <laughs> slightly political song. Right. Maybe one other, but um, yeah, I just felt like uh, it, it came to me at a time where there was a lot of nonsense going on, and I just, I just wanted to uh, to write a song about the irony of it all. Yeah. 
you you must get a great vantage point on America, like that very few people could get. I mean, we you know whatever side of the political spectrum you might be on. I mean, the Beach Boys bring everybody together, right? Um, yeah. but, but you go everywhere. You go to every state. You go to all kinds of venues, urban, rural, like the, the whole kit and caboodle. So you got that must give you a window that I think very few people have access to. Yeah, it definitely is insightful and. It's uh, it's good to see that there's good people on each side of the fence, whichever you decide to be. And every, so many good people out there. It just doesn't to me, it doesn't matter which side you decide to to be on polit- politically to me. Just depends. Like, are you yeah. trying to be, are you trying to be a good person? Yeah, the lyric on, on that song caught my attention, too. And I thought of it. My word would be more a cultural statement. Uh, you weren't again saying this, this side or that side, but hey, uh, we got a problem here, and we need to do something about it. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about it. Are, are, are crowds crowds no matter where you are? I mean, but you, you guys have done Royal Albert Hall. You do like county fairs. You do like the Cape Cod Melody Tent. How different are are the crowds? You know, mm-hmm. it, it, from your perspective. Um, very different from show to show. Like we've done a lot of shows this summer and some of the crowds were very reserved and you know pretty much just observing the show till the till the very end when everyone always stands up you know how can you not stand up at the end <laughs> with all the hits and everything but um yeah it is very interesting to see some people right out of the gate some crowds right out of the gate are just ready they're ready to go and those are the those are the moments we live for we love connecting with the crowd when a crowd sits there and goes like this the whole time, it makes it a little bit difficult to get into, (laughs) but you know, but I mean, we understand completely, but um, yeah, we look forward to the shows where everyone's ready from the start. Have you uh, done some corporate shows? Maybe you've done many, I don't know, but is that a totally different feeling than any other kind of concert? Yeah. The corporate shows tend to have the feeling like, like or if like John Stamos shows up to a corporate, everyone seems to be watching TV like when they're watching us, like they're watching a, a TV show sort of. Wow. So corporates, corporates can be fun, but they're they're not always my favorite shows. Yeah. I like, I like festivals. I like uh, theaters, really nice sounding theaters. Those are my favorite types of venues. So what is it like when Stamos is there with you? It's uh, a lot of happy women. <laughs> After yeah, all these years, he still got it. Yeah, yeah. And he works the crowd really well. And he's a super nice guy. Um, no, I have a great time with John. I, I like when John's out. I think it adds to the... Uh, it kind of it kind of adds to the appeal and also a lot more people to show up to the shows a lot of the time. So is it advertised when Stamos is going to be there? Yeah, they'll advertise it, yeah. And, uh, yeah, all of a sudden we have a lot more females at the show. It's funny. Well, him and your dad, they've had a bromance going for a long time now. (laughs) Yeah, he just had his uh, 60th birthday party. We went and played. Oh, nice. Yeah. Where was that? It was at the Canyon Club in... um, Agura, which is pretty close to Calabasas too, like kind of right down the road from where Stamos lives. So that was fun. It was a good night. Um, you guys have had a, a bit of a shakeup. I mean, a lot of fans are aware that uh, a couple of guys that had been there for a long time, Scott Totten and John Cowsill, uh, departed. So can you tell me about uh, what, what that departure has has meant? Yeah, I think um, Scott got to a place where he couldn't um, he couldn't perform vocally as well anymore. So he would get this thing where he would go to go to hit a note and it would go away sort of. Um, and you know, my dad, my dad loves Scott and he's done a great job for so many years. And uh, I think that was for Scott. That was the sort of the deciding factor in getting somebody else in there now. But um and then Castle 
uh, I don't know if you know John Castle. You know John Castle? Yeah, I've met him. Yeah, he's a can be a very nice individual and a very challenging individual as well. So, um, I think it was just time for a change. We wanted. I think they wanted some new energy into the band, and it's it's been a lot of fun. I mean, people are definitely reacting to the energy of the band. So. I haven't seen John Bolton playing, but I've seen some of the videos. He he does really seem to bring a crazy energy. Yeah, yeah. He really ramps up the crowd. He puts on a show for sure. Twirling the sticks and all that stuff. And uh, it's John Wiedemeyer has come in to play guitar? Yeah, excellent guitarist. Super nice guy. Both those guys, super nice. Um, yeah, it's just been a... For most of us, it's been a, a, just a pleasant change. And, you know, nothing against the other guys, just it's just been um, kind of a weight lifted sort of in some ways. I, I think the, the Beach Boys have been all about change for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know, and the uh, the catalog just sort of speaks for itself. I think you can't really can't really go on with all those songs. So. Absolutely. Um, getting back to your songwriting, uh, you have that co-writing credit on the weekend song. Here we go again with with Bruce Johnston. Now, that's that's no small thing. The weekend is the most popular artist on the planet and uh, comes from my hometown of Toronto. But uh, tell me, uh, tell me about how that happened. So I guess they reached out to Bruce. Um, I, I don't know if you guys know who Skrillex is. Yes. Anymore. Um, I think he he reached out to Bruce and got a hold of him because they wanted to get some um Beach Boy Beach Boy style harmony thing going on in some of the tunes that they were working on. And Skrillex works with so many different kinds of artists. So he's just like the guy's a genius. I mean, you go you see him go to work and it's just amazing. But um so through that we ended up uh hanging out with this guy named Rex Kudo and he's also a producer as well. Really nice guy. And then we started heading, heading down to his place in Pacific Palisades. I would uh, be Bruce's chauffeur, so to speak. And uh, yeah, so we, I would go pick up Bruce and we would, you know, drive down the beach and um, yeah, within maybe, maybe it was like a, the fourth time we went down there, we started putting together this this harmony pad. It was like a four-part harmony. Some of the guys that were in the studio, me and Bruce. And then and some other stuff that we threw together and some even stuff with words. And Bruce would play the piano. There was another keyboardist. There was another guitarist. Um, and we just kind of throwing in all these ideas. And this one idea with the vocal harmony pad. He shot it up to uh, the weekend and he liked that part. So he looped it through his old, his entire song. Was there ever any direct interaction with him? No, no, no. Uh, Rex just, just emailed him the song. That's how it happened. But yeah, no, neither me or Bruce have, have met him yet. I imagine, you know, as as a songwriter, as an arranger, I mean, that's that's really big. I mean, there must be like millions and millions of streams of of, of that song, so that must be a nice uh, a nice feather in your cap. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a good thing. It was fun. And I mean, uh, having sung with the Beach Boys for so long, I mean, you you must be a, an expert on harmony at this point. Well. It has made it easier for me with my record to develop harmony parts. Definitely. It kind of, kind of gives you an insight to harmonies growing up around it. And, you know, some people, some people go, which I had this problem at, at one point or another too. They'll be like, how do you just start singing a harmony like that? How do you know where to go? You know, instead of gravitating towards the lead note, but to me, it's just, you know, you don't even think about it anymore. You just harmonize. So I guess uh, that was a gift I got from my dad and the Beach Boys. 
And, and I mean, Scott, no. Scott was, sorry, uh, Scott was a mu the musical director, you know, before he left. So I imagine maybe the vocal arrangements were, were part of, kind of in his ballpark. Who's doing that now? This is uh, Brian Eichenberg's job now. He's very talented. Yeah, very good falsetto singer. And very good at what he's doing. He's, he's doing a great job with the, uh, the arrangements and stuff. Yeah, just... Uh, Flashing back on listening to Carl back in the day from the side of the stage is just, you can't describe it. You know, it's just, just an amazing voice. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear about sort of your history of, uh, of hanging around the Beach Boys. I mean, long before you, you actually joined them. Uh, what, 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 how, how frequently were you around them? I mean, it was kind of few and far between because I was really, you know, for the most part doing my own thing. I was, surfing playing volleyball going you know going to school part-time <laughs> and then uh yeah and then starting you know starting my band and yeah so i was definitely for the most part doing my own thing but um but i did have some interesting memories my dad pulled me on stage when i was like five years old to announce surfer girl and it was my first introduction to stage fright i was like wow <laughs> This is really scary. So, yeah, I thought that was that was definitely a rush. So you got and the. Box. I also remember being at the the Fourth um, of July in nineteen eighty. Oh wow, that show! And I guess there was like a half a million people there or something. Yeah, yeah, and I remember meeting Ringo and and uh recently we did a show with ringo i think it was like maybe last summer or something um and he's got like an all-star band i guess right yep. and i got to meet colin hay which is one of my major influences as well so it was very nice we were talking about how much you guys tour i, I was just wondering when the pandemic happened what was that period like for you guys uh, for me, I think it was kind of a nice pause because also I, I got to get introspective and work on my own project a lot. Um, I did a lot of hill training, just like running up hills. Okay. Um, so I used it as, as an opportunity to get in better shape. But... Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. For my dad, he was probably going absolutely nuts, sort of crazy. I would imagine. Isn't that he, during the time he put out "Reason for the Season"? Some that recording, that album. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, maybe that was a little earlier. Yeah, maybe that was earlier. But yeah, my dad's the type of person that that doesn't like to stay at home for too long, as you could tell by the schedule. <laughs> I read a quote. 80, Eighty-two years old. Yes. I read a quote by you saying you think he'll keep going for at least three years. And I'm guessing that quote's 10 years old now and he's done it three times over, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he's still that was, going. That was an underestimation, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's... I think one of the things that amazes me about the Beach Boys, maybe other groups are like this too, but uh, you know, I'm a fan addict of theirs, is just they seem to be having as much fun as we are uh, listening and dancing and trying to sing off key to them. I can't, you know, don't break burst my bubble, but, uh, but uh, it, uh, that's true, isn't it? I mean, they, they've got to love it to keep going into their late seventies and into their eighties. Yeah. And at such a vigorous pace too. It's such a well said. Yeah. It's a, it's pretty amazing. Um, obviously a lot of passion there for the music, which is great. And um and just a strong desire to connect with people night after night, which is yeah. amazingly healthy, I'm sure, at that age. When And we all hope this never happens, but of course, uh, life marches on. When the originals are no longer performing, uh, what do you think is, any idea where this thing is going to go? Will there be one licensed band to represent them or... Yeah, I don't know. That's a very good, very good question, and one I've thought about plenty. Um, 
I've entertained the idea of doing my own version of Beach Boys if it's, you know, if there's a demand for it. Um, but I definitely, I definitely would do it at a scaled down. I wouldn't do that many dates, but yeah, I have considered doing more of a, like a 50 dates a year kind of thing. And maybe this is too personal a question, but uh, is there any conversation of ever between children uh, of the different, you know, uh, Beach Boy members about stuff like that. I know Cal Saga got together. I don't. I don't remember. Sorry to say, if you've been in that or not, or how often you have. Yeah. And anything bubbling there? Yeah. Um, me and Matt Jardine have gotten pretty tight, and he's, of course, he's on the record that I just made. But um, yeah. So I, I definitely would not be opposed to working with Matt or. Um anyone else who wanted to work together. Yeah. I think it would be a lot of fun. That would be, that would be great fun. I mean, on, on the subject of family, I mean, we've talked about your dad a bit. What, I mean, it's great that, you know, he's 82 and you get to see him, you get to spend that quality time with him. I mean, but what, what's it like? What's the working relationship like when you're his son? It's, it's good. I, I like it a lot. Uh, we get to kind of like, you know, here and there, or we get to have some fun on stage and, you know, whatever, point at girls or, you know, laugh about stuff. Um, so it's a good bonding experience. And, um, you know, also just being able to say, hey, you want to get a coffee during the day or, you know, let's go get some Indian food, which is his favorite. Um, things that I never before would have been able to do. So so that all kind of started, in, you know, 2005 or 2006 when we started started being around each other a lot so it's been good T take a just a minute maybe this is a silly question but you know a lot of most people are nine to five type people uh you guys are playing when everybody else is on their evening type thing what what's when did when do you think your day starts uh, how does uh, oh, you, you as far as being out on the road or yeah, I'm sorry. On the road, when you guys are touring night after night, you're maybe jumping airplanes or taking buses or whatever. Um, what kind of cl clock do you operate by? Yeah, well, it just depends on how long the bus drive is at night, or yeah, you know, how long the bus how long the bus drive is during the day. We just we just get um, we just try to get to the gym. We try to stay active anything we can do to not get too complacent because of all the traveling. Yeah. And, you know, keep our energy level to a certain point where we can sing every night. And for me, the key is not, not consuming any alcohol. So I basically, uh, I don't drink when I'm on the road. Yeah. Good for you. Um, yeah. And, you know, just try to eat a good breakfast or, you know, um, Catering is always good, so we get to eat healthy food and then just try to get enough sleep. I think that's the <laughs> that's the main thing. Get around and walk around, maybe. Not just sit in the hotel all day. Yeah, thanks. That's a good glimpse into a you know very different lifestyle. Yeah, people people think it's uh, very glamorous, but you know not always. It, yeah, I mean, I mean, looking at your schedule. Uh... It's like show night after night, sometimes two shows in a day. That is uh, that is remarkable. Yeah, we have to be well rested and we have to we have to be prepared. But you must have to dig deep for that second show. Second show? Oh, and a I mean, day, like two in a day, two a day. Oh, two in a day is is really tough. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Um, you have gotten to sing some of the most beloved Beach Boys songs, lead vocals, God Only Knows, Good Vibrations, Help Me Rhonda, Sail on Sailor. I'm wondering wh which song or songs do you most enjoy singing and which which songs and albums do, of the Beach Boys do you enjoy the most, regardless of whether you uh, perform those or not? Uh, I think performance wise, I do like I do love to sing God Only Knows. That's a classic all time song. And it's, you know in my range and timbre so and usually get a pretty good reaction out of it so 
I guess God only knows. I really love to sing Sailor. I don't think people, uh, as many people connect with, with Ceylon Sailor, but I love to sing that song. I also like to sing uh, Feel Flows when I get the opportunity and uh, Caroline now. Hmm. Yeah, I remember, uh, I think it was Scott Totten on, on one of the message boards. Like People were saying, why don't they ever do this song? And he said, well, we we have done it, you know, and then we do it and we just don't get the audience response you know, that we yeah. would like, so we don't do it that much, which is sad because I think that's just a phenomenal song. But Feel Flows or the... Yeah, feel Flows, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just a great song, you know. Um, but it's true. It, uh, Yeah, they just kind of sit there with that look afterwards, but... Well, it's a little <laughs> ethereal, and it sends yeah. you so, so, you know, to the defense of the quiet audience a little bit, It it just sends you somewhere not to to take a pun from the good vibration lyrics but um is that a more difficult song to do even um instrumentally or is it just a different feel it it probably is um although i don't play i don't play anything on that song yeah. I just, but, but yeah i'd imagine some of that solo stuff is pretty complex <laughs> as far as i understand Go ahead, Mark. Sorry. As far as I understand, uh, there, there's a left-handed bass part that Carl wrote to Feel Flows that is very hard to play. And Ed Carter used to have to like read the notes to play it, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, I never heard of that. But um, Yeah, I do like a lot of the B-sides are probably actually my favorite. Um, but, you know, I like Wouldn't It Be Nice. Is there Wouldn't any deep cut song that you uh, would like to be at, you know, get a crack at? live one day that you haven't had a chance at? I think Surf's Up is a really good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great one. Um, I can hear music, but I do it in a lower key. Hmm. Yeah, how yeah. does Carl hit those high notes in that song? It's unbelievable. <laughs> Probably youth at the time. <laughs> True. Yeah, no, he's got a great range. Um, yeah, but I do... Actually, we just played a show in Santa Barbara and uh had the band come up and play about five songs so we show up to this place that we're used to playing at called fox wine and the place is packed so we're you know we set up to play and then um the guys are still filtering in from the private party that we played and i'm setting up with my band and we played four songs before i got the beach boys to come up and the last song was um, I Can Hear Music. Mm. And we played a mellow acoustic version of it. And then and then called those guys up. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was great. Wow. So how, how is the song list from Night to Night arrived at? Like, I mean, is, is it a question of if you have an idea or a suggestion or anybody else in the band, they take it to your dad and, and then he says yay or nay? Um. Yeah, yeah, and and recently the set list has changed a bit, which is nice because, you know, you don't want to be playing the same set list for three years in a row. So every once in a while, you know, he tries to rearrange things to freshen it up. Um, but yeah, between basically between him and Brian Eichenberg, they figure out, they decide, you know, how the flow is going to be and which songs are going to be in from one night to the next. I mean, some nights maybe Disney Girls isn't going to be in the set. Sometimes it is. Kind of depends on the venue. And also summer summertime would lend itself to different songs too. Um it would be funny to, to hear you guys do surfs up because I mean Mike, you know, has gone on the record saying what wasn't such a big fan of Van Dyke's lyrics. Oh yeah. Well, he says that's, yeah, anytime he doesn't understand lyrics, he doesn't like that. And, you know, in his defense, they can be a little, little out there. But um, not to say that they aren't good. But Sailor, he thinks the same thing. He doesn't really connect with the lyrics. But, I mean, it's just a great song. So Yeah, but to his credit, he sang pretty good on those songs. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. What are some of the, you said the song list has been shaken up a bit. What what are some of the songs that, that you're doing now? And I have to say, like, I've been very impressed 
Um, like certainly there's an emphasis in the song list I've heard, the shows I've been at on, on the early stuff, but deep cuts in the early stuff too, not just the hits, but stuff like Good to My Baby or Hawaii or stuff like that. And it's it's great to hear those songs. Yeah, uh, Please Let Me Wonder, um, stuff like that. It, uh, Warmth of the Sun, of course. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's just, we can always pull those songs in, but it's just nice to change it up, you know, from time to time. That way we can sort of enjoy it something new in the set, something more inspiring to do. Christian, uh, just th this last commenting here made me think, what was it like for you learning the Beach Boy catalog? Um, you know, I'm an old guy. I, I experienced it in what I call real time, you know, each one that came out kind of thing. But um, might have been different for you. I mean, your family, you're immersed in it. You're, at, you're on the stage at five years old. But any way you can explain how you digested the catalog, just as a, a listener, maybe, before you even became a professional? Um, I think I had sort of digested it my whole upbringing, you know? Yeah. So that part, that part was, was kind of done. But... um how I learned how to play the songs on guitar was was actually Randall Kirsch. He taught me how to play rhythms, all the rhythm parts on, on all the that, voices. That's no easy task, is it? Not really, because there are some interesting chords, like Wouldn't Be Nice has some different chords in there. And <laughs> yeah, some of, some of the songs are a little harder to learn, I'd say. But, but yeah, it was... Uh, it was a fun learning experience and came at a time when I was just sort of learning to play the guitar. So I was like figuring things out as I went along. It was nice. Uh, it, would it be fair to say, Christian, that the Beach Boys, uh, the, the Beach Boys band, um, tries to not just cover those songs, but replicate them? I mean, be true to what key it's in, you know, all that, all the musical aspects yeah i would say they want everything to be you know yeah like you said the same key and the same vibe for the most part yeah um what i would say that has changed quite a bit which is fine with me uh, i know how it is for other people but i'd say a lot of the songs rock out a little harder than the recordings especially you know since we play them live and stuff sure and I'm sure it was the same way in the 70s, 80s, or whatever. Um, they were rocking them out hard then, too. But I, I'd say that's that's probably the only difference. As far as, like, part-wise, we try to keep it the same parts and stuff. I, I think some of the live versions are, are better than the studio versions, especially when you look at stuff that's not very heavily produced on record, like the Wild Honey songs, like Darlin', always great in concert. Uh, aren't yeah. you glad when you guys, you know, do that one, which I think you did when, when the album had an anniversary, but uh, th those songs really rock live, I think. Yeah. I, I like the rocked out versions, but that's just me. That's my personal preference. And uh, there's also a good uh, version from the seventies, probably of help me round it and C instead of C sharp. Um, and they do a cool intro to it and the drums kind of rock out the whole way through. It's not, and Dennis sings it. Well, did, for, for a while in the seventies, Dennis did it. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes Al and sometimes Dennis. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Dennis, I mean Dennis and Carl are, are long gone, de dearly departed. I mean, what what I want? I wonder what memories you have of those guys. And, and I wonder what kind of relationship, you know, you might have with Brian. Have you been to his shows? I mean, do you have a, a relationship with him? Yeah, no, I've never, I've never been able to connect with Brian. Um, always seemed to be sort of a wall, a wall up there. He's always been nice. Um, but I've never actually had like a, like a conversation with him. So I'm not sure about Brian, but uh, Carl was always super sweet and, um, I used to like hanging out with him. Dennis, I was basically afraid of. <laughs> yeah. 
as a kid. I was just afraid of him. Um, Al's always been really nice to me, so yeah. I mean, there's, there's been there's been so much rockiness historically. I mean, uh, is 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 it tricky to navigate? I mean, Billy Hinchy, another guy that we unfortunately lost not so long ago, he told me that like be, being in the Beach Boys world is like being on an episode of Survivor. You have to sort of like, you know, <laughs> you have to work around people. You have to gravitate towards certain people to stay alive. You know. Yeah, yeah. Indeed, yeah. I uh, I just try to. Um, be as nice as I can to anybody in the organization and, you know, in other organizations and outfits of the band. I don't like to get caught up in taking sides because of who my dad is or I, my relationship with someone that, that he's had a relationship that he didn't get along with over the years. To me, it's separate. I've never had a problem with Al. He has. I just keep it separate. Right. I like his kids. His kids are nice. Um, I like all the kids. They're all great. So there's no, with me, there's no animosity. And, you know, after this many years, it seems like uh, it's maybe just time to get over the the bad stuff that has happened. Mm, that's a good word. What What is the Beach Boys' best album? That that I really couldn't tell you. I like Surf's Up, but um, I I'm not a I'm not a like a an expert in any way in the Beach Boys catalogs. But I know the songs that I like. That's, that's about as much as I could tell you. My, my daughter is 16. She's been to a couple of your shows. Really on her own, she's become quite a fan. Her favorite record is Surf's Up as well. Oh yeah, no, it's a great album for sure. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, I'd like to thank Jeff Peters for helping me with this new album. Jeff Peters, uh, Gilbert Bonilla, the Beninati brothers, which um, the Beninati brothers and their sister um, were attached to my dad's record label in the eighties. And they, uh, Jesse Beninati plays the drums on on a lot of the tracks on the album. Perry ben Beninati is a keyboardist, is his brother. And their sister, Bridget, um, was a singer for a band called The Dreamers in the 80s. And that was the band that was attached to my dad's record label. Um, and then my friend Yoshi Ishida played some drums on a couple of the tracks as well. So I just wanted to make sure that uh, Jeff Kranzler, Great bass player, great friends. Randy Jezurkowski. These are all people in my band that I wanted to mention. Christian, relationships is a theme that seems to be going through here. I mean, what you just said, you're mentioning people who have teamed with you, assisted you, whatever their particular role was. Uh, relationships, just a moment ago, uh, unless Mark edits these in different sequences, <laughs> um, relationships with the band members uh, and family. And it brought me back to your album. Um, it seems to be an album of, I won't say messages, you're not preachy, but uh, messages or, or stories uh, about relationships. Is is that a fair way to talk about your life and your album? Definitely, yeah. Uh, that to me is what interests me to write about is relationships and the irony in relationships and the, the hardships um, and the good times and and also to sort of poke fun at certain aspects of relationships. I think, yeah, I just I just find it interesting to write about girlfriends or or ex girlfriends or yeah, you know, or even friends or whatever whatever it is I'm writing about. But um, yeah, I've had a lot of fun with you know with playing with the words in a funny way. And that's what I like to do. I like bands like Weezer that kind of have, have funny stuff in their rock and roll. Is this album self-released? Yeah. I just been, you know, with the help of Tom Martin, um, just trying every, like, like you guys are helping just trying every Avenue I can to get it, get, get the word out. 
I'm going to be selling the CDs at the show and um, a friend of mine is going to do a write up for me. And uh, yeah, I don't know these days, you know, how do you really, yeah, it's not like you get a record deal and do it that way. So I guess I'm just sort of doing the social media thing. <laughs> uh, Tom was kind enough to send me a, a, a copy of the CD. I mean, uh, it's as professional as anything by any major record label. It's well done. Um, I love the fingerprints that show up in the middle, um, uh, the pictures, uh, just a cool message about the alibi thing. So well yeah. thought through. It, it looks great. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we can uh, we can thank Tom Martin for that. He, he did a really good job. I mean, I basically just sent the picture and they, they just went to town on it. And also, I wanted to show you this Communicators Award. Wow, look at that. You got some uh, hardware. Yeah, Tom submitted this uh, award and um, submitted the artwork um, to a contest, and this is what we got. We won the award. Wow. Can you read the label for us? It says, only album, Alibi is 2022. Album cover, Christian Love, Tom Martin, Matt Fowler. The communi Communicator Awards. Very good. Well, it's a, a step towards a Grammy. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Now we just got to go on <laughs> for the music. Yeah. The album is titled Only Alibis. The CD Digipack can be purchased at Beach Boys concerts, and the album can be streamed on Amazon Music, Spotify, Pandora, and YouTube. And I'm telling you, check it out. You will not be disappointed. Christian, thank you so much for being with us today. Had a great time speaking with you. Uh, it's, it's great to talk to you after all these years. Thanks, you guys. You guys are so easy and fun to talk to. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you, Christian. We appreciate it. God bless you and much success. All right. We'll see you next time. And thanks to all those out there listening. Come back next time and we'll do it again. In the sum, sum, summer.